today I wanted to share some words of encouragement and, and um, from Psalm 23 specifically. Um, last weekend I had the privilege of um, speaking at a friend's, at a friend's wedding. Um, Chris and Eleanor got married in, in 101 and I got to speak at the wedding and it was wonderful. I also had the job of, of leading the hymns and, and the worship at a funeral a couple of days later, funeral of a family friend. Um, and those are obviously very two different occasions, weddings and funerals. Um, but those kind of events uh, get you thinking about life a little bit, <clears throat> particularly when you attend a funeral, particularly in days like this. Um, it definitely gives a lot of food for thought. Um, and so it reminded me of um, a piece of writing that I really love and I wanted to read that today. Um, it's a piece of writing on Psalm 23 um, by Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson, the pastor, uh, passed away um, a few years ago, but um, his legacy is that he was really, really an excellent writer. And um, this book here, As Kingfishers Catch Fire, um, is a beautiful collection of his sermons and writings and um, it speaks a lot about um, life as a journey and I wanted to read um, uh, one of the chapters which is a piece of writing, a short piece of writing on Psalm 23 um, and I hope that it um, encourages us today, I hope that it edifies us, I hope that it um, fuels um, our creativity, our imagination um, and also reassures us um, about um, this journey that we are going through that is called life and how we um, know God's presence with us in life um, and his strength as we walk through both those good times and those more difficult times. Um, so I hope that this is helpful for us today. Um, let me read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My, my cup runs over, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this is the reading from Eugene Peterson, entitled Surely Goodness and Mercy. It is possible, and not at all improbable, that any of us, at least those who have lived in an urban or suburban place, could be born live and die without ever seeing a sheep or a shepherd. Both are still popular in nursery rhymes and fairy stories, but they have pretty much gotten squeezed out of our everyday lives. And to make matters worse, shepherds are nearly an extinct breed. I remember seeing a few in Montana where I grew up, but they never looked like shepherds ought to look. The one I remember best drove into town every Saturday a rifle slung across the back of his pickup truck and a big dog in the bed. He smoked roll-your-own cigarettes and was rumoured, at least among the children I played with, to have murdered a man in a drunken brawl. If we spotted him on Main Street coming out of a saloon, we crossed the street terrified. 
He was not a shepherd we could trust our lives to. Yet, surprisingly, this experience never dulled or spoiled my appreciation for the 23rd Psalm. And I would guess it, it wouldn't yours either. It was the first Psalm I memorized and the one I expect you know best. It is the Psalm of Psalms. For those of us who were reared in a Christian culture, Psalm 23 is deeply etched into our imaginations. And it's the Psalm most likely to be remembered by the age and dying. And yet familiarity has its dangers. The sharp edges blur. Familiarity carries with it the danger of becoming a cliche. My intent is to give this psalm some fresh meaning. I want you to think about this. If our experience of sheep and shepherds is so remote from the world of Psalm 23, which comes out of a lived intimacy with sheep and shepherds, what accounts for the deeply embedded images and phrases so cherished by so many of us who have no first-hand experience with either sheep or shepherds? There is something in this psalm that transcends the Palestinian countryside and the work of the ancient Hebrew shepherd poet. I would like to search out the poetry and the rhythms to see if we can realise in a fresh way how this prayer retains its beauty and truth in our world of concrete roads, fast cars, domesticated pets and shopping malls. The objective centre of the psalm is the shepherd who is identified as an image of God. In a single sentence we are transported from a Palestinian countryside half a world away and 3,000 years ago into our neighbourhoods and workplaces where God is present. The shepherd lowered figure dominates the prayer poem. God is good and present. Life is a miracle and brims with beauty and love. But at the exact centre in verse 4, a great shadow of all that is wrong in the world is introduced and threatens to blot out the good and merciful presence of the shepherd. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The shadow is death. Death Valley, or perhaps the darkest shadows, are harbingers of death, cancer, Alzheimer's, depression, divorce, domestic violence, grinding poverty, homelessness. Our lives are lived in the company of both the shepherd and the shadow. The first half of the psalm, verses 1 to 4, pictures God as a shepherd with a flock of sheep, and we are the sheep. Sheep are notorious for their stupidity. Left to themselves, they wander aimlessly into danger. They need a shepherd. The psalmist, knowing himself as a sheep prone to wander, knows God as his shepherd. Many a time, God's rod and staff have guided him around a deep chasm that gaped in black contrast to the glare of the desert sun. And by its sudden darkness, the chasm has blinded men and sheep that entered it to the priest, to the beasts of prey, the lions, the hyenas, the jackals that have their lairs in its recesses. And so with God's guidance, the sheep would find himself led to little hollows where water and grass made life possible and safe. Life in the desert for both shepherd and sheep is no soft, sun-drenched ideal 
on a South Sea island, it is menaced by the dark shadows of the beast infested valley. The threats to life are all around, but the presence of the shepherd guides and leads, dispersing the threats. The second half of the poem, verses five to six, exchanges the image of sheep for that of a fugitive. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the ancient desert culture, if a man committed a serious crime, usually murder, and was in danger of his life, he fled to the uninhabited desert. The law of the desert was inexorable against the man. It was the law of blood revenge that would seek him out unremittingly. A, har- a murderer would be hunted down until found out. And if he was not discovered, the threat would be transferred to his son and wrecked on him. The desert was the home of the fugitive, but it was a horrible home, a home of fear and danger and certain death. But there was one huge exception to the unfriendliness of the desert for this man cursed by a past of sin and hunted down by the law of blood revenge. And that was the custom of open hospitality. One writer called it the golden piety of the wilderness. Every wanderer in the desert, whatever his character or his past, was received into a shepherd's tent as a, quote, guest of God, furnished with food and kept inviolate. The shepherd host took responsibility for his safety. This custom still prevails today in Bedouin cultures. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is fugitive speaking. This is the fugitive speaking. A man threatened by his past, a man menaced by the curse of blood revenge, is welcomed into the shepherd's tent. And there, in the presence of my enemies, he is served a meal. In the shepherd's tent, he is safe. The literal truth represented by the prayer of the psalmist is the truth of God. God is our everyday thinking. God in in our everyday thinking is often relegated to beginnings and endings. We think of God as the force or power previous to all things. And when everything is finished, God will show up again. Somebody or something had to get things started. So God is permitted the honour. Baptism acknowledges this fact in the birth of human life. God is previous to us in love and creativity. In baptism, we witness to his life and love. At the beginning of great enterprises, political terms of office, academic years, business enterprises, cornerstone ceremonies, etc., prayers are offered, acknowledging God's part in them. He is uh, prominent in beginnings. And in endings, God is present. At death, the funeral service is the service of worship to God, remembering God's work in giving life and taking it, and witnessing that the end of our lives is not a diminishment of his action and presence. Likewise, at the conclusion of our business careers or academic commencements or anniversaries and birthdays, God is frequently acknowledged as being present and real. But how about the in-between The large living interim between birth and death. The involved stretch between the start and the end. God is the first and the last. 
But how about what happens in the middle? It is this period we tend to belittle with our faith, our small faith. We think of God as our father at the beginning and we think of God as judge the end. We think of God um, as, but, 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 I'm sorry, we think of God as father at the beginning and we think of God as judge at the end, but God as shepherd guiding us through perils and sustaining us through fugitive years. Here we commonly fall short. Psalm 23 is a convincing witness that God is our shepherd, that God is the shepherd who preserves us, accompanies us and rules us. He doesn't just create us and turn us loose to make the best we can out of it. He doesn't just let us fend for ourselves until we die and are hauled before the judgment seat for an accounting of our conduct. He is the shepherd who guides us in our wanderings and sustains us in our fugitive lives. Karl Barth, the towering pastor and theologian, puts it this way. We need not expect turns and events which have nothing to do with his lordship and are not directly in some sense acts of his lordship. This lord is never absent, passive, non-responsible or impotent, but always present, active, responsible and omnipotent. He is never dead, but always living, never sleeping, but always awake, never uninterested, but always concerned, never merely waiting in any respect, but even where he seems to wait, even where he permits, always holding the initiative. In this consists his coexistence with the creature. For the sheep in danger of the deep shadows in the valley, the shepherd is a guide. For the fugitive pursued by the shadow of death, the shepherd is a protective host. The shepherd's rod and staff signal his leadership and a shared life of love and companionship. The shepherd's table and cup anticipate his protection and sacrificial life of grace. For not only do we need guidance in life to protect us from daily peril, but we also need grace to free us from past sins to deliver us from the tangle of bad decisions and faithless acts. And how particular all this is, nothing abstract, nothing in general, but vividly specific. Green pastures, still waters, paths of righteousness, meaning straight roads, valley, rod, staff, table, oil, cup, house. The entire desert and range of experience of sheep and fugitive is brought into intimate and dependable connection with the shepherd. A relationship of personal presence. To both sheep and fugitive, the shepherd provides life and the conditions for living it. A personal God is protection and guidance on the one hand and grace and refuge on the other. The last word on Psalm 23, as with so many of the Psalms, was spoken by Jesus. They were often on his lips and his life was a, a dramatic exposition of the best of them. I am, he said, the good shepherd. He both spoke and lived Psalm 23. There were, of course, both good and bad shepherds in Palestine. The final test of a shepherd was how far he would go in risking his life to protect sheep or fugitives. Would he lay down his life for them? Sheep can get themselves into dangerous and awkward positions. The decision to go into a deep and dangerous canyon for a single sheep 
at the expense of one's own life would not be an easy decision to make. And fugitives, despite the nobility of the desert code of hospitality and the tradition of the guest of God, neither fugitives nor the enemies hunting them down were harmless characters. A shepherd would think twice before welcoming a fugitive into his home and seating him at the table, anointing his head and filling his cup in the presence of this man's enemies who were out to kill him. A shepherd lived a dangerous life. When Jesus announced to his followers that he was, quote, the good shepherd, from John 10, verse 14, I don't think they understood him to mean that he was a gentle, kind shepherd who would be nice to the sheep. They lived in shepherd country and knew something of the realities of a shepherd's life. Being a good shepherd meant taking the risk of life against beasts, robbers and murderers, and they knew it. And we know Jesus did just that. We know he entered Jerusalem when it was filled with the shadows of hate and murder, and he faced on behalf of all the wandering sheep and fleeing fugitives of the world the accusations and assaults of religion and government. We know he blessed Judas Iscariot with a meal on the very night Judas betrayed him. Jesus fills out in marvellous detail Psalm 23 in its entirety. Our shepherd continues to work specifically and historically in the lives of men and women, guiding them, saving them, guiding us, saving us, Prayer is filled with shadows, but the shepherd is never absent. Guidance and truth. Guidance for a wandering sheep and grace for a guilty fugitive. Guidance and grace triumph. The last words summarise what over a lifetime we can expect to experience. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. But none of the ransomed ever knew how deep were the waters crossed, nor how dark was the night that the Lord passed through, ere he found his sheep that was lost. Amen. Amen. I find that uh, a beautiful a beautiful reading and take on, on Psalm 23, which is, course a really popular psalm as Eugene Peterson mentioned and um, I've been reflecting on Psalm 23 a lot on this passage especially as I um, engaged in and attended a wedding and funeral last week and was thinking about these beginnings and endings of life and and all of the normal life that happens in between and I'm so encouraged today to remember and to remind myself to remind us today just about the presence of the Good Shepherd in our lives and how he is guiding us and leading us and he is present and he extends grace to us and he extends safety to us and he extends refuge to us and he leads us on even through the dark valleys of life. And as we walk as individuals and as a community through unknown territory in these days, I think it's a good word to remember that God is with us. He is a Good Shepherd he comes after his sheep. He serves us. He seeks us out. He provides refuge for us. He is full of love and grace for us. Um, and his hand is upon us. And we can rely on him. 
he is with us. He is not absent, but he is present. Um, and he is present to us in a very personal way. And so that's the encouragement today, that we would know the presence of the Good Shepherd in these days, that we would stay close to him and that he would lead us through. Um, and we would know, yeah, the, the presence of the Good Shepherd in our lives and indeed that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives, particularly in these days. I want to join, or I would ask you to join with me as I pray and finish today. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the gift of this piece of scripture in Psalm 23 and the Psalm writer who calls us to look at um, this image that reminds us of, of who you are, God, um, as a protector, as a shepherd. We thank you for the words of Jesus that reveals that you are the good shepherd. And Lord, as we think about <clears throat> the uncertain days ahead, as we think about life at this moment, as we think about life in its entirety, as we think about um, all of the ordinary days that are lived <clears throat> each and every day between the starts, the beginnings and the endings. We thank you that you are with us, even in the mundane and ordinary days, that you walk with us and particularly in those challenging days, particularly in those days that are full of fear or threat or uncertainty, in those valleys. Lord, as we walk through those shadows, we thank you that we have a shepherd that is with us. And that shepherd is the good shepherd, who is Jesus. And we pray that you would encourage us today to keep close to Jesus in our personal relationship, that we would know his presence. And for those who are so thirsty for you to reveal yourself, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you, the good shepherd, would reveal yourself and your presence to those today that need it most. We pray, Lord, that you would um, remind us today of your grace and your love and your protection and how much you know, we are looked after um, as we place ourselves in your care. Thank you that you are the good shepherd that went all the way into the valley for us, to deliver us, to rescue us. And Lord, I just thank you that you've given us new life. I pray that we would know that new life today and each day as we walk with you through life as pilgrims, as sheep, as followers, of Jesus. Would we know that goodness and mercy all days of our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name, in the good and strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you, Redeemer. Be blessed. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and the rest of this week. We'll be back next week and we will be in touch. Keep an eye out for what's coming up next. God bless. Grace and peace to you.